Hailing frequencies open and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban and Dickwig. That's it. That's the joke. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. It's great to have you here, Ella, in the ninth week of 23 weeks of track. <laughs> Almost halfway through. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, halfway through? Nine, 23 Almost. minus nine. Yeah, I guess we're getting there. Yeah. We're about as almost as, yeah, maybe like a third, but okay, I, I can see. Uh, but we are two weeks from Disco, though, the third season of Star Trek Discovery. I Yeah. <laughs> no response. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I haven't thought about Disco once. I've just been watching Lower Decks. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, I recently rewatched uh, the Short Trek Calypso in preparation for a backtracking episode. And I had forgotten uh, a lot of the the sort of mystery and the uh, the questions that surrounded the setting of the thirty second century. The intrigue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a good uh, short trek. And watching it uh, got me a little amped to uh, see what's what's going on up there in the future. It's an amazing short trek, and uh, yeah, I'm very. I hope they come out of the gate. I want it just exactly like how the movie was in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it will be very similar to that. I hit the ground running, that's for sure. Um, just a short plug, uh, my co-host on Backtracking, our guest from last week, uh, Gooey Fame, uh, and I watched uh, Calypso and then uh, Funny Face, the <laughs> the movie that is featured in that short track and compared the two of those in the backtracking style. So if you're interested in hearing about Fred Astaire and a self-aware computer uh, or a self-aware Federation ship, you can check that out at, at Backtracking on Twitter. Uh, I don't have any news for this week. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> except to say that, of course, Discovery is imminent, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything specifically other than, than just hitting the ground running uh, that you want to see in the third season of Discovery? Um, there is a cat. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm just hoping the best. <laughs> I don't know what to, I just hope that I enjoy it. <laughs> is that a lame answer? I haven't thought about it at all. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, at this point, that's, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you want the best <laughs> or to experience uh, something good. And I think that Discovery has hit some really high highs and I don't think their lows have been super low, but oh. I think they're still looking for that that consistency, you know, that you expect from a more mature Trek show. And this is their third season, and that, of course, is where a lot of Trek shows really really start to uh, to where the rubber meets the road, if you will, to use an outdated uh, metaphor <laughs> for the future. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'm looking forward to the to the new adventure that they're going on uh, in the future. I feel like I'm 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 ready for them to do some like exploring of what the federation kind of means i feel like we've had some like dark yeah. storylines and i'm ready yeah, for them yeah, to be like yeah. no the federation is this and we're good and we're gonna bring it back and do this i think it's gonna be exciting now the federation likes betty boop cartoons but we gotta get them <laughs> get their heads out of their asses and yeah <laughs> 
Well, we've just seen the ninth episode of the animated series Lower Decks. It's an episode called Crisis Point, and we're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning. We are setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners, so be warned. We're glad you decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Crisis Point is Mariner repurposes Boimler's holodeck program to cast herself as the villain in a Lower Decks-style movie. This episode was written by Ben Rogers, who previously played Lieutenant Commander Stevens in the episodes Second Contact and Terminal Provocations. It was directed by Bob Suarez. There's no star date given for this episode. Here's a quirky fact about the episode. It's positively adorkable uh, in the episode. <laughs> and I kind of missed this uh, because the dialogue was flying by and my uh, closed captioning doesn't work, as I've pointed out a couple times. But uh, Mariner uh, compares Boimler's role in, in this movie that she's creating to that of Zahn. Uh, a character that I guess hardcore Star Trek fans will recognize as a character that was developed for the canceled Star Trek Phase Two project in the seventies. Is that where it was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Zahn was—I uh, think he at some point they were thinking about putting him in the Wrath of Khan as well, but uh, they got you know they got Nimoy back and everything, and so they just kind of shot that. So she's basically saying <laughs> he'll end up on the cutting room floor, maybe not even get filmed. Mm-hmm. And here is I mean, a... I would cut I would cut Boimler if it was between him and Nimoy, <laughs> be honest. Be honest. <laughs> he did have a little subplot going on in this episode, though. And <laughs> here is a frustrating fact about the episode, at least in my opinion, that we will dig into later. But this episode finally establishes that the relationship between Captain Freeman and Ensign Beckett is that of mother and daughter and is a secret to the rest of the crew. That I realized... I'd kind of been assuming that it was kind of like on the down low, but I also kind of was thinking that at some point Boimler would be like, oh, because she's your mom, right? And that some characters wouldn't know, but like some of them would who had done their homework. Yeah. And um, for a guy who's reading everybody's, who's reading everybody's lives all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. When that came out at the end, as I guess the, um, just a nod to what's going to happen next week and just uh, to uh, ongoing continuity. I was like, oh, are we still tracking that? I just I forgot completely yeah. that we should have been tracking that because nobody's really mentioned it since uh, the early episodes. But there you go. Uh, I just want to mention as far as uh, the guest stars of this episode go, um, he's been on uh, many episodes of the show so far. But I wanted to mention Paul Shear if I hadn't before, uh, comedy actor and a uh, guy who's been in a lot of stuff and has uh, a great podcast called Unspooled. And, of course, how did this get made? He, uh, of course, plays uh, Chief Engineer Andy Billups, but not in this episode. He plays the hologram version of the chief. But there he is. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and this tells you that it was an inside job the whole time. But comedian Paul F. Tompkins appears in this episode as McLemo, the bird psychiatrist. He, of course, Ooh. is also the host, along with Tony Newsom of the official Star Trek podcast dumb title. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, yeah, it's all connected. <laughs> and then really You're weirdly. A pineapple. Yeah. Yes. Right. What was the fruit? I don't know. Uh, it, was, and, it was pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then weirdly, uh, Gary Cole appears uh, in the episode as the hologram of Leonardo da Vinci, uh, who, <laughs> Gary Cole is uh, is a comedic actor. I'm trying to think. I mean, he's been in so many things. I'm trying to pick like one thing. He was uh, Ricky Bobby's dad in uh, Talladega Nights, but he's been in a ton of stuff. And uh, he's somebody who I could totally see being 
on Star Trek, definitely in a comedic capacity. He's a very funny uh, actor, but he just plays, uh, hey, not done my watch. Uh, you know, he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, though. It was kind of funny. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, little, little, little cameo there. Uh, what did you think about Crisis Point? Um, I had a good time, you know, it wasn't, it felt almost like, uh, like a, what a filler episode, but like in a, in a, in a very good way. Does that make sense? So like, it's not like a lot of like really smart in-depth stuff happened. Like it was, you know, as far as like Mariner and her feelings about her mom and Starfleet yeah. and whatever, like it was like, you know, pretty straightforward, but, yeah. um, I had uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's for me, I have very complicated feelings and we might not need to take it act by act, but I, uh, I agree that it seemed like an escapist a fun episode, but there was more like character and more like for this show, like development than there has been in past shows. I don't think that this was, it comes off as like a tossed off fun episode, but I, it doesn't, yeah. I don't think they designed it that way really at all. I mean, last week I sort of had my epiphany that, oh, they're Star Trek fans. They're supposed to be us. And this week there wasn't a lot of that at all, except for the weird meta Zon, you know, reference. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just I want to get out of the way because it won't fit anywhere else. But I call this Wallow Pursuits. That's my uh, title for this episode. Uh, so clever, but uh, yeah, but they're not really doing that at all this week. And I, there's there's probably again, like I said before, I was surprised that suddenly now we're tracking the the mother daughter secret, but also that this is this is kind of like where Mariner's psych, psych I don't know if it's psychological. She doesn't see a psychiatrist, but like her issues Psyche? kind of yeah, but her issues kind of come to a head and. We've talked about it on and off just in our, like watching the show and observing the characters, but I didn't know that the show was really tracking Mariner. Like, I didn't know there was anything wrong with Mariner necessarily. I just thought that that's – we were supposed to root for her unorthodox style. And, oh, really? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, very, <laughs> there's very little emotional weight in anything that, that really – she does you know and it reminds me once again and i think that it's by design but it reminds me of um how in rick and morty like rick is obviously a cynical person but they'll just jump around and do all kinds of stuff and then suddenly in you know the eighth or ninth episode of the season he tries to kill himself or bird person tells us that wubba lubba dub dub means you know i want to die or whatever it is and it's just like it feels like oh quick let's sneak some like psychological drama into this when we were just having fun and just, you know, kicking eels last episode. Oh, I, I guess kind of this whole time I was viewing her, the way she sort of phrased things at the end of this episode, like the way she was like, like fighting internally about her mom and like, Oh, if you were actually brave, like you would do the hard thing. And the hard thing is to be an officer, but you don't want to, you just want to be like with this. That's kind of how I thought about her the whole season, except for I wasn't really, I wasn't, you know, I never expected them to like dig into it a ton. I didn't really think they were going to do a ton with it, like in the first season, but that's kind of how I thought about her character this whole time. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's definitely, that's part of like the character description. Like that's built into what we know about the character but as far as like doing a ton i I, they haven't done a ton like usually it's just 
her, you know, be, if they find themselves in a crisis either created by her or not, you know, not usually not. And then she's just got the answer and Boimler, you know, shakes his head and pees his pants because it's not the Starfleet <laughs> uh-huh. way to do it. But I, I never felt like the show was ever really taking a stance on whether because the show is not, it's completely unable to criticize or you know, critique the Star Trek franchise, like whether what she was doing was right. Like, why does Starfleet have all these dumb regulations? And we see the they're the lower decks crew and the upper decks crew is basically often ineffectual because of all their dumb regulations. And so I, I never felt like I felt like the show was like giving its tacit approval to Mariner's approach to how she does stuff. Um but then we get like this episode in particular where it's like, oh, no, she's way off the handle and she needs to bring it back. And she's literally got or creates a holodeck program where she's murdering everybody on the ship, you know, in a sort of like <laughs> therapeutic uh, kind of session. Um, so I just like I, I feel like the show's like it's like uh, when a 80s sitcom gets real serious all of a sudden. Oh, no, Tom Hanks is here and he's like drinking uh, vanilla extract because he's a drunk and, and stuff like that. I guess. I don't know if that really I don't know. Is. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> 80 <laughs> no, sitcoms no, no, no. fans out there. <laughs> um, because of the way the holodeck is, I guess I wasn't really thinking like, oh my God, like she's, she's crazy, crazy. I was just thinking like, oof, she's mad and like, what's going to come out of like this weird holodeck thing? Like, I, I guess... I don't know, that scene, I guess the scene with Tendi was really the only point where I was like, ooh, you're kind of, you're getting, like, weird, weird beyond just the holodeck <laughs> thing of wanting to murder your mother. Yeah. You're getting weird, weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I guess I didn't really, I was having too much fun. I don't know. It's it, it's interesting because, you know, this, for for both good and bad, I think that this show has... It's not been accused, but I think part of the show is telling jokes that Star Trek fans have been telling themselves for almost 50 years, you know. And like, <laughs> yeah. And so it, th- its job, or I guess the challenge that I think that it faces or should face, is making those jokes fresh or doing the definitive version of those jokes. And we finally get to something that's a joke, but also maybe needs to be addressed, which is hey, you're an Orion, why don't you go out there and pirate something and take some slaves and stuff like that? And it's like, well, that's called, that's called you know, racism, Mariner. I, I, like, I don't, how, how are we going to sort of address or attack that? And the show pulls that card. It's like, I'll do it. it. It raises its hand and volunteers for that job, but then it doesn't, because it can't really criticize 50 years of Star Trek and portraying the poor Orions as just being these, you know, just these total... Uh, rogues um it kind of does it a little bit but then our character's like hey that's you know that's not really cool but then the characters are like i know a lot of orions who haven't been pirates for over five years it's like all right well i mean are you taking on that idea of orions or are you just making another joke at the orions expense like what's what's the character of of the way you're attacking this here mm-hmm. yeah i definitely feel like i mean it's not really an episode that I I was like <laughs> I wanted to think about too hard. <laughs> like the Orion thing, I was like, yeah, uh-huh, funny. And then yeah. I was like, <laughs> and I will not dig into this. 
Yeah, no, it's a and it's well, a it's a splashy homage to like the TOS films. Like that should be that's yeah. an episode that's like a bang zoom thing. And I'm I'm not say, I just think it's it's just it's weird. It's very Rick and Morty of them to do something that's supposed to be really fun and then bring everybody down and bum everybody out because Rick wants to commit suicide, you know, or something like that. Oh god. Are you did you feel bummed out? At times, yeah. I was bummed out. Well, I was bummed out by what I what I see as the because there are some really like 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 we just said literally like I think uh, a send up of TOS movies is a great idea. There's so much stuff that you can do with that, and I think they they do a lot of those jokes and do them well. But then it's also the sort of the penultimate episode where Mariner is finally we're, we're seeing how dark things can get for her and. Something that really confused me is that we set up this. So, so this is a great setup. Like she's in the holodeck. Whether it's true or not, she um, she transfers a lot of aggression onto her mother because because uh, her mother is like telling her what to do all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, she feels inadequate and is insecure underneath herself. So they set this whole thing up where she's going to fight her and like defeat her fake mother. You know, kill kill her parent or whatever. <laughs> but of course, she ends up fighting herself, which I think is like, I, I think the show could make a uh, comment on her, like, narcissism, but it's, <laughs> but it's really just her fighting herself. Like, suddenly we swap mm-hmm. out, like, the perceived villain at the end. Uh-huh. And even for the... Um, the the milieu of of what the show establishes isn't this, like, I know that she's reprogrammed it, but isn't this Boimler Sim? Like, shouldn't this be... Uh, Boimler's view of Mariner, like they well, want to have. He made the he made the holodeck characters using the private logs. Yeah. Question mark. So in theory, I guess he's trying to make it as like realistic as possible. But yeah. I can't I can't believe that he wouldn't use that chance to like to edit you know the the characters a little bit and like you know and plus we also I didn't know we were tracking this but. He thinks she's hot, like he's attracted to her. I feel like we were exploring that in like the first or second episode and suddenly that comes back. But I mean, it could be he also you could read that either way, you know, because in theory, it's like he's panicking. So why would he blurt out? her name right then so he goes uh um she's i she's hot i like her or (laughs) the only thing he could think of when she was like what about mariner is uh she's hot so i feel like it's 50 50 but i will i will say call back to like the second episode of this show (laughs) when i was like what's end game if it's romance what's the end game i'll just say but um I, I'll have to go back and listen to it, but yeah, <laughs> one, <laughs> one of us was uh, was trying to uh, get to the bottom of what they were going to do with them, but yeah. So I so I don't know, like yeah, like having her fight her a fake mother on the holodeck is cool. Having her fight a fake like facing herself, you know, her shadow self, or she is the shadow mm-hmm. self. That's cool. But like, why do both of them? Like they just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they waste time trying to do both of them i also think that like if you're going to have this bird character why not show at the end that the bird like set everything up or something like that like it it really was (laughs) it really was therapy this show loves its little like late act reveals so Mm um let's talk about some of the cool stuff (laughs) just to give it out uh i i did like i like that they i like that they do the uh since we're doing like tos films they do the whole uh ship 
fly around. And I know that the episode's only like 27 minutes long, but to do that the was joke. so funny. To do the joke right, you kind of have to do it like longer than they do it. And they did. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's six and a half minutes in, in the motion picture, but like. They have like, you know, just have it like you could do like a picture in picture where the characters are still flying around it or or like they go in and they're like, God, she's beautiful. We got to do it again. And they're trying to fly back out and like go around again. It's like, no, no, we got to go back in. That was so when they started the bit about the movie and the credits were going, I was already excited. <laughs> and then they went right into that. And I was like, this is <laughs> they did it. So good. Oh, God damn, and she's beautiful. Way, literally, and then cutting back to them looking out the window. Yeah. And yeah, then back yeah. at the ship. And then she walks on all like slow with the lens flares and it's a little grainy. Oh my God. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh having her quote Shakespeare is like, you know, okay, we'll take that off. That's good. Um there is uh how many holiday episodes have they done on, on Lower Deck so far? Um, two? The one with um, Clippy, or I can't remember his name. Yeah. Badgy. Badgy, yeah, and this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Clippy. That's not too yeah. many. Um, I did like, I, Boimler always gets, I think, short shrift in these episodes. <laughs> okay, but... but the fake Boimler on the other sh- Oh, the Shembo? <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know what the point of that was, but it was kind of funny. I, I liked Boimler's – I liked the cookie thing. I like the fact that like this – because that's – that's for me, that's the the low-key like kind of shaggy dog thing is that mm-hmm. this huge, you know, epic like film is going on. Uh, and then Boimler's just like, yeah, so is it like walnuts or like chocolate chips? Like what is she like? You know, and, and just trying to like get the uh, get the information out. It's so – I did like it. I had, it's not my favorite. I had a very good time, I will say. I think it's – maybe it's not – seems like maybe it wasn't your favorite. I don't even know how to feel about it. I just – I feel like the – I feel, sometimes I feel like they put these scripts together in a blender. Like I, I just feel like they – you, know, you can, on sometimes. But when you think about – and look, I'm going to talk about the show's parent again. When you think about how how structured, how like rock solid the structure of a Rick and Morty – um, episode is it doesn't mean and I'm not some huge Rick and Morty fan it, it it doesn't mean that it can't be chaotic and and uh, and wild you know going all over the place like they often do but I feel like they do that first and then they're like oh yeah and then a bit about uh, their mother and daughter and then maybe he likes her or something so we can keep that stuff going mm-hmm. like I don't know what kind of plan they've really really got for that but yeah I mean like all the movie bits <laughs> Like worked really well for the most part. Okay, all right. Here, here you go. This I promised somebody okay. that I would um, look into this. So, it, <laughs> okay, we need to. We're, we're joke detectives. Okay, we're going to figure this out, and maybe you've got the answer already. But in the beginning, they have a teaser, yeah. And somehow Mariner has violated the Prime Directive all by herself, and she's freed these uh, these lizard people uh, from the rat people or, or whatever. Yeah. And I like that line about uh, her mom yells at her and she's like, you're a Liz Cannon. I don't care how many lizards you save. Um, at the After she gets beamed away to therapy, she turns around and she's like, okay, what what can we do to make this work? Can we guys give, can we give you some replicators? And the guy's like, is this about the pellets? Does it make nutrient pellets? What, what's the, tell me what the joke is. What's the joke? <laughs> I don't know what the joke <laughs> is. I don't get it. I- 
joke is that? Do you want me to? <laughs> I think the joke is that um, it's uh, he's skeptical about the replicators because he would rather just kill and eat the other species on his planet. But his bottom, his like top bar for a food replicator is like literal pellets. So he's like, does, um, I don't know. Does it make Nutra pellets? And she's like, yes, because that's like the easiest thing. That's like just some vitamins crunched together in a ball. You know what I mean? Do lizards eat, like pet lizards eat nutrient pellets? But he's not a lizard. Oh, he's a rat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But do rats eat? Yes. Yeah. 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 Rats do. Yeah. They come in little pellets. Well, well, if he said like, uh, do they make lizard meat? Like, wouldn't that be, (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be funnier (laughs) than pellets? Oh, but it'd be darker. Yes, but that's, that's called comedy. (laughs) That's literally what comedy is. (laughs) I'll give the show a lot of credit. Like this, the animation continues to be great and like you know also it's really smart to crash the ship like in the holodeck so we can see that you know without destroying the ship and so like the ship crash thing was was great there's all these little details in the visual comedy like when she yells at him and she's like okay we're gonna reverse all this and the rat just kind of licks his lips (laughs) and i think that was a great that was a great bit but yeah you could just say like it doesn't make lizard meat and then the lizard's like you know that that's like that's how you do that joke right i I didn't get the pellets at all it was funny, though, because it's such an easy thing to make. I laughed at it. I guess. I don't get it. I'm too dumb, I'm too dumb for this show. You're too smart for it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm just dumb enough. <laughs> I don't sign off on that. I sound just like head empty to watch this show. I will say that just for like uh, interviewing, the holodeck would be a, a great tool for that. You know, practice interviews and, and stuff like that. Oh yeah, the they holodeck. Have... Wait. Oh, Can we say watching a movie on the holodeck? Let's put aside how involved they are. Yeah. In this quote, movie unquote, watching a movie. Do you know what my first thought was? I don't know if it's gonna. Have a, if I'm too much of a nerd, it's kind of sad. I was like. <laughs> Imagine if you could watch. Imagine if you could watch the Lord of the Rings and the Holodeck. That was my first thought. First thought. I've never. I would peak. That would be the peak moment of my life. Right into the suicide box after that. <laughs> um, see, dark. Uh, no, no. That's yeah. Just yeah. Like the the Battle of Minas Tirith and like the elephants and oh, there's gr- the God. green ghosts are all around you and. Yes! <laughs> They cut, they do that in uh, Calypso. He, you know, when they watch Funny Face, um, he's watching it like on the bridge, and then the computer is adding all these little like, yeah. kind of extra elements to it. Yeah, I would lose it, dude. Yeah, I want to see that. You could... Right into the suicide box. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just thinking Futurama. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh... Oh, Shembo, poor Shembo. Um, there's uh I liked when <laughs> I liked when Rutherford was for, well first of all I was a little disappointed because he goes off and he, he seems like he's gonna kill you know Billups or whatever and then he's like no man I, I, you're great and it's like okay it's a shaggy dog thing the show loves to do that kind of stuff but then when they teamed up and and they're like 
you just want to get your own, our own ship? I mean, just go away together. <laughs> like that was, that was pretty great. <laughs> so good. And I, I, I liked when, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, convenience in the, in the technology in Star Trek. And finally this show kind of makes fun of Star Trek because when the ship crashes and he's like, Oh my God, the crew, Ed Rutherford's like, Oh no, I just beamed them all out. Yeah. In a movie, you can do all kinds of stuff with beaming. It's <laughs> 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 kind of making fun of like the, kind of some of the convenience in, uh, in the, the technology you see in the films. But yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Um, also, I, it was kind of funny, but it was also uh, kind of terrifying when the ship crashed and then it landed on its edge and it was rolling like a coin, like down the thing. It's like <laughs> that would be a, a worst case scenario for a, a saucer crash, you know, would let the inertial dampeners oh, handle God. that. Do you know those things like, um, <laughs> stay with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Those, <laughs> I'm sorry. Those things at the zoo. Where you can put a like a like a penny in on either side, and it's like a big the, weird funnel. The gravity well go, thing, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they keep going down. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep rolling <laughs> across continents. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> how much puke can the saucer hold? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Thank I'll you. I had to get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that once again, uh, they, you know, it was kind of like green light for references in this one because they're literally doing like the films. But mm-hmm. employing the references is, I don't know. Here, here's what I'm mad about. It, it's bad <laughs> enough that I have to sit through. That's se- what we call this podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> You're mad about it. It's bad enough I have to sit through like seven people signing their name at the end of Star Trek Six. <laughs> I mean, they've earned it, but then they do the joke in this, and I'm just like, I'm just for 45 seconds, I'm just watching people, you know, four people <laughs> sign their names, and it's like, okay, the joke, like, oh, I get what they're doing. Oh, they're still doing it. They're okay, they're still doing it, and it just kind of keeps going, and it's like, all right, that's that's your reference humor, man. That's how much you can get out of it. Isn't that a little bit of the funny part, though, is that it does go on for so long? But then it has to go on for a super long... It has to be longer than it was in Star Trek VI. That's how it works. (laughs) These are the rules. Yes. Uh, Reference to a thing that is longer than this, but this will be short. (laughs) We're Um, only after 26 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Which, why? There's no commercial breaks. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, but four minutes. Yeah, I I like that. These um, that's one thing that I'll give to um, the crew and 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 McMahon who worked on you know the other show is that the the length is consistent. You know, even Discovery, even in season two, Discovery still had problems with that. Just oh, this one's thirty eight minutes because you know we're just kind of connecting two other things, and this one's sixty five minutes because it's the finale. Like try to keep it more. People still watch TV that way. They still watch it. 22 minutes, 44 minutes, you know, whatever but it is. But make it like an even, make it like an even 30, you know? Yeah, they could just, yeah, they could just fill in the extra commercial space or an extra act. Because yeah. I feel like cartoons are 20 some minutes because then you have six to eight minutes of commercials or whatever. Commercials and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no commercials, but this isn't Nickelodeon yet. Dun, dun, dun. No. <laughs> Although, I you s- know, can I, can I say something annoying? Sure. I never watch TV 
to the point where when I do watch TV and it cuts to a commercial break, I'm like interested. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm like, ooh, a commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what's gonna happen? I don't. I was an early adapter of like you know digital TV and internet TV, so I haven't really like consistently seen commercials in almost well, almost 20 years now that's what i mean i'm like i don't watch commercials so i'm like if... i don't watch this show on it's like and this is my apartment i i just realized i don't know if we have tv my tv is hooked up to netflix my tv connects to the internet <laughs> how am i gonna watch a nickelodeon show <laughs> I, I i'm glad that you are both old enough and young enough to be impressed by that still <laughs> There must be somebody who 10 seconds younger than you who's just like, yeah, man, I just get beamed in my brain. What? It's Queeby, whatever. It's that sweet sweet generational cusp. Late 97, early 98. (laughs) (laughs) I know so much. Everyone's like, what does a pencil and a VHS tape have in common? I'm like, you wind it. I know. Stop asking me these questions. (laughs) Not a Zoomer, not yet a millennial. Yes. Uh, anything else that you wanted to say about this before we wrap it up? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I had a really good time. I thought the jokes, I thought most of the jokes, very funny quote jokes, unquote, as we make fun of them of on this show. Um, but, uh, I did get, I, I, I liked the bit. I do agree with you about how they do kind of like, it's like they're doing like three things at once. Sometimes it's like, the, it's like the holodeck movie episode, but then it's like, oh, it's like the thing with her mom, but it's a thing with herself. And then at the very end, it's like, does, do, are they, is, like, does Boimler think she's hot? Yeah. <laughs> and no, she's nasty. Um, There's a show, I don't know if you've seen it, on Netflix called Another Life. Uh, I haven't. It's, don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. <laughs> it's not good. But it stars Katie Sackhoff and the guy who what was he in he was he was on shameless for the first couple seasons he was a boyfriend or something like that but anyway the point is is that like katie sackhoff is the captain of a ship that's going to um another planet they've received like um you know alien signals and so they're going to go try to meet these aliens it's like near future but somewhat futuristic and it's like it's so (laughs) i this hey it's it's good for some, and some of the episodes are really entertaining, but there's no structure to them. It's literally just, they're just hit with problem after problem after problem. They take mm-hmm. some breaks because, of course, all the astronauts on this ship are, like, you know, hot. It's like a Melrose place, like in Melrose space. There you go. Caught myself. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, my God, the ship's turning to water. Oh, no. And then they have to, like, deal with that. And then they, like, make out a little bit. And then it's like, oh, my God, space is white now. Oh, no. And then they, you know, make out some more. And and, like, <laughs> and it just and, – and the episodes are just an hour-ish, and they just end wherever. Although they generally, like, as soon as they end, like, uh, right before they end, they try to introduce another, like, oh, no, our hands smell like garlic. And there's just something else. <laughs> and this, it, like, Star Trek – I know we're trying a lot of stuff. I think it's great. But, like, Star Trek has been, like, pretty fastidiously constructed for, like, the last 50 years. And sometimes, I know it's an animated chaotic show, but, like, sometimes it feels like that. It's just like, oh, this, this, oh, this, oh, the bats are coming out of the dog's mouth. Oh, we're doing this, we're doing this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's I'm assimilating it, but it's a lot to uh, assimilate. The Borg would go, uh, no, we're good. <laughs> They'd pass. 
<laughs> we, we have adapted <laughs> to not <laughs> want this show. That but would I'm be sticking funny, with it. That would be a good joke, honestly, on the show is for the board to come and then, and then just see Mariner scream at the captain and be like, you know what? <laughs> they're, t- they're watching from far thought. away. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, I don't think we need that one. Nah. There's a sphere far away, and they're, yeah, they're just the like smart ones on the Enterprise. Where's that French guy? Or the guys from <laughs> the guys from uh, Voyager, um, the, like the the aliens with the I don't know, they look like tapirs, and they spy on people and steal their stuff, and they just like they're spying on the Cerritos, and they're like, oh, I think we're good. We can probably just let's go. <laughs> oh, we're fine. <laughs> Ah, all right. Well, hey, uh, we we got uh, an entertaining discussion out of it, and that's what really counts on a podcast. Yes. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of Discoverage and Enterprising Individuals are released. You can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTPOD at gmail.com and while you're on the internet why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out if you want to help the show grow you can stop by our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash eist pod and as always if you like the show tell a friend discovery will return on october 8th for the 10th and final episode of season one of lower decks and as usual we don't have a title for it just yet but we'll be here next thursday to cover it and to talk about season one of Lower Decks as a whole. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central on Thursdays to join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. And in the meantime, why not check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere and interviews with special guests. Our latest episode just dropped, and on it, I'm joined by singer-songwriter and activist Tay Phoenix, who's heading up the Trek the Vote Project, a grassroots fan-driven volunteer drive whose mission is to connect American Star Trek fans with nonpartisan groups who are working to ensure a fair, equitable electoral process in our communities. If you thought about volunteering your time as a poll worker or even helping potential voters get registered to vote and locating their polling places, Trek the Vote is organizing eager Trek fans to do just that. Go to trekthe.vote for more information. You can also check your registration status and find polling places at trekthe.vote. Vote! And check it out. You can hear my talk with Tay about protest and activism in Trek at enterprisingindividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Lower Decks. Remind people where they can find you online. You can find me at Generations Geek on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we're still on a mini hiatus uh, right now, but you know, by the end yeah. of the month, we'll have uh, Catching Fire up and ready for you guys. It's going to be great. My dad's never seen them. That's great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to revisiting that media, um, but not actually like reading the books again or, or watching the movies. <laughs> Just listening. Fire is a, a trip of a book and a film, and I'm very – I they did such a good job with it. it. Truly, there's that scene. I think I've talked about this before literally on the podcast talking about this episode coming up on Generations Geek. Yeah, um, it's a long time coming. <laughs> but they have that scene in it where they change the aspect ratio. So yeah. it goes 
almost black, and then when she comes up into the sunlight, it's, like, bigger. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Maybe that's just, I'm, like, an annoying film student still. I'm like, can you believe they changed <laughs> Never the stop shape? Being. The lights are bigger on the screen. <laughs> Never stop being annoying or a film student. Is that the one where they um, had to replace uh, or fill in uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Did that happen then? No, I think that, no, I think that was the last movie. Okay. Is that he filmed part, but not all of it, or he yeah, filmed yeah, just yeah. enough of, yeah, I think it's the final one. Yeah, okay. so. Okay. Well, I'll wait for hearing about that and also hearing about Catching <laughs> Fire. And that is it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper. Bye. <laughs>